It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The latest news from Browns OTAs, what should be done about DeAndre Hopkins and some deep dive into some fantasy football news to get you ready for fantasy football season coming up right now on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Welcome, everybody. Andy McNamara with you. This is the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Get you all your Browns nuggets there, and then we'll get into uh, with Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros. This, you know, if you're a fantasy football aficionado you know fantasy pros already top notch cream of the crop as the late macho man yeah brother would say so we got Derek coming on we're gonna go over some browns fantasy because as a fan of a team you know it's nice to get a player or two on there but where should we be ranking certain cleveland browns we'll talk about the big question this year and i think it's a lot different from previous years first overall pick who should it be what position should it be much different and we'll get into a whole bunch of other fantasy football. But let's get into some news and notes from Browns, OTAs. So, again, not present. No Miles Garrett. That's the big one. But also no Joel Petonio, Nick Chubb. These are voluntary, folks. Okay, we have to remember these all are voluntary. Even though you want them there. Specifically, like I talked about last week. Specifically, Miles Garrett in Jim Schwartz's new defense. For a defensive coordinator that's won a Super Bowl. And makes his defensive ends great. Makes them great. Why wouldn't you want to get in there? We'll probably find out it is something legitimate, but not not a great look. So we'll see. Also, some of the video coming out of Brown's training camp. I got to tell you, folks, maybe I'm getting too excited about Elijah Moore. The way this guy moves. My goodness. He's like Nightcrawler from X-Men. He teleports. He zips all over the place. Absolutely love it. Love the size of Tillman. Deshaun Watson looking good. Did you guys catch the... Ooh, out of Tampa Bay, the quarterback uh, competition for the Buccaneers between Kyle Trask and our guy Baker Mayfield. I'm wearing my Baker in, in memoriam shirt there. Cleveland Maserati, not, not looking too good for the Bake Show and, and Kyle. If you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, you might want to be uh, watching a lot of college football this year because I think you're going to be picking pretty high in the draft. Look terrible. But in any case, uh, so we got the... Uh, Amari Cooper looking good. I'm just looking at some of the other notes that were healthy so far. Deshaun Watson looking smooth. A couple of nice deep ball passes to Marquise Goodwin. Take it with a grain of salt, of course, right? And I want to get in a little bit later on, too, with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but right now, if you're looking at, and our, our sports betting pals, 
You can look right in the comment section here for the show. By the way, click subscribe on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns on Instagram at AndyMCSports. That subscribe button. Share the link. We always love that. But in the body of the show description, two links, one to Bet Rivers, one to Bet365. Our guys there, whether you're in Ohio or anywhere in the U.S., you can click on it, get some terrific bonuses. And one of the things you can bet on, DeAndre Hopkins, next NFL team. Buffalo Bills, the favorite at plus 300. Right now, folks, Cleveland Browns plus 2,000. Plus 2,000 to go to the Browns. And with all the talk, Deshaun Watson hyping him up. The coaches smartly playing it down. Alex Van Pelt spoke at OTAs and said, you know, we love the room and everything's good. We could find something for him to do. But it seems like the coaches are fine with as they are. But plus 2,000 to go to the Browns. Bills plus 300, plus 400 for the Chiefs. Ravens plus 650. The Jets make a lot of sense. Patriots, does he want to go back with Bill O'Brien? Remember, he was a head coach in, uh, when he was with Houston. And then you go down the list uh, from there. I, I think the Jets and the Giants might be a good landing spot. But we'll get into where DeAndre Hopkins might fit in the fantasy football world as well. And you know what? Let's get right into that now. And we'll bring in our guest, Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros. Derek, how are you, sir? What's going on, man? Uh, it's a good day. All things talking football. Uh any day, and I, I, this is pretty much my daily, that I get to talk football while also working in sleep pants right now, it's not a bad day, man. Can't Amen. Complain. Amen, brother. I'm with you. If You know, full pants are for suckers, right? Dress pants yeah. are for suckers. No. Pajama pants or shorts any time of year. I'm with you, 100%. <laughs> so, hey, I was just talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, quick talk there. Looking at these odds. Like, I don't know, Deshaun Watson says, hey, we'd love to have him. Obviously, he's his pal. This is his pal. But plus 2,000, I might sprinkle a couple bucks on that. What do you think? I like it. Um, and I, you had me, uh, I'm sitting here in the, green, in the green room, and I'm like, um, man, he's got my, my wheels turning here a little bit. Let me go see <laughs> how much cap space the Browns have. And I'm over here looking at it. I'm like, um. There's not a lot. It's not a lot. No. I mean, it's possible. I think if you're looking at, and and you'd have to sit here and advise me, I haven't looked at the odds about his landing spots yet, but the, the teams that actually have cash, that can make some sense. I, I've thrown out the Detroit Lions as a possible out on social media. They're fourth in cap space. Yeah. The Jets, although I think Sala came out and sit here and kind of debunked that, but, you know, that's all coach speak. Who knows what happens with that? But I don't like, I mean, I don't discount that if you're going to take a long shot bet with this with the odds, the Browns are, are a perfect long shot to sit here and do. We know the, the rapport that Watson and Hopkins have. We know that the Browns are serious. And here's the thing. If they don't win this year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
could we see them kind of like retooling? And I'm talking about just gutting the front office. Like Stefanski's had yeah. years and this front office has had a bunch of years. And with them going so deep into Deshaun Watson and really marrying themselves to the current build of this team and stuff, and then bringing in new defensive coordinator and stuff. If they don't mm-hmm. off this year, we could see this whole like front office head coaching staff just gutted. So yeah, roll out do they try to like push some cash out to next year and make this happen to really push everything into this year because if they don't win Stavansky might not be here next year so he's coaching for his job probably yeah it, it, the hot the seat is going to be hot because now there's and i've said it for weeks on the show here derek there's no excuses anymore before <laughs> no, there was covid no. before it, yeah, last year it was part with deshaun watson part uh jacoby Brissett, the suspension 700 day blah 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 layoff now, and it wasn't an offense directly with him. Now you have the whole mm-hmm. offseason. Everything revolves around Deshaun. And that salary cap point you bring up is interesting. Right now, the Browns, I believe, are $6.91 million in cap space. But as of June 2nd, they'll free it because of Jadavian Clowney and mm-hmm. somebody else. Come, another four mil comes off the book. So they'll have about $10 bucks. which still, you'd have to think for Hopkins, um, the conversation begins at that $15 million mark that OBJ got. He's at a way better spot than OBJ, so he's going to be looking 15 to 20, I would think. Agreed. And and the the big problem, and I'm kind of curious if they were to do a deal with Hopkins, is it just front-loaded for this year? Because if we're talking about the Browns cap situation doesn't look great for this year, Browns fans don't want to look at next year. You no. do not want to look at next year because next no. year is even worse. So I could see this team sitting here saying, you know what? Let's push it all in. We get it. We're going to free up some cap space. We know that's coming. We don't have to be under that just yet. So I really could see that as a possible marriage. And it makes a whole lot of sense because this is not me throwing shade at, at Donovan Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore, but you're still kind of, it's a lot of hopes and prayers that Elijah mm-hmm. Moore can sit here and re- rekindle the promise that he showed as a rookie. A lot of these guys that wash out from the original team that drafted them don't sit here and catch a second life a lot of different times in the NFL. So as much as we could hope for the talent, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, as much as I like him, I mean, the team's already kind of told you what they think about him in the sense that they drafted Cedric Tillman to be his eventual replacement. They're not going to re-sign and bring him back. Tillman's going to be the guy that's going to be starting on the outside next to whoever, Amari Cooper, Hopkins, what have you, next year. So... This is, again, not a team that I think, like, could they use another pass game weapon? Absolutely. And you also sprinkle in David Njoku. And plus, Mm -hmm. to your point of of the front office and the coaching staff being on the hot seat, really, if you're – why? and we've seen these moves with Andrew Berry this year that back this statement up. It's why are you going to plan for somebody else to do your job? You might as well – if you're on the hot seat, hey, go all in. If it works, hooray. Everyone's happy. If it doesn't, well, you gave yourself your best chance and it's not going to be your problem anyway because you're going to be out on the street. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the things that have happened with the Browns over the last few years, it's been injuries, it's been Baker flaming out, and I don't put that at Stefanski's feet, but again, if you're talking about somebody's got to sit here and and, and handle the axe. If the axe comes down, somebody's got to sit here and take the chopping. So it's going to fall on Stefanski if they don't get it done this year, but to me... You brought in Jim Schwartz. This defense has been underperforming over years and years Absolutely. and years. They're wasting the prime of Miles Garrett's career right now, considering what they have not been able to do. And this defense is talented, man. Like, this is one of the teams, like, when I was talking about this team last year, I was like, 
this is one of the defenses that you really need to key in on. They added a lot of talented rookies. Denzel Ward is one of the best corners in the NFL. I still think that other parts are pieces of their secondary. I really wish they would have retained Greedy Williams because when they've had to call on him in previous years, they don't have that safety blanket. So they really need Ward to stay healthy. They really need Greg Newsom to continue to sit here and ascend through the, the secondary ranks of the NFL. So I think this team could make some noise, but I mean, still, this division is going to be tough. Baltimore is reloaded. They are going to field a really, really good offense. The defense is going to be good regardless, even when they talk about they're underrated. The Steelers, I think, are going to be in for a bounce back with some of the additions they've made. So the Browns do have some competition in this division that they're going to battle, have to bat away. And this, I didn't even bring up the Bengals, and we know how good they are. Yeah, this is one of, if not the most difficult divisions in all football. Just, just, just straight up. There's parity. I don't think any, I think only the division winner gets out of this uh, to go to the playoffs because they're going to cannibalize each other because it is so close. And for the Browns, you had Zadarius Smith, much better pass rusher and a, a resume than Jadavian Clowney. Um, he's delivered instead of the hype. So when we look at that, let's go to some of the Browns and where we think they should be when it comes to fantasy football in conversation with Derek Brown from fantasy pros, by the way, um, you have, and you know, Browns fans don't hate Derek's a good guy. Okay. You said most overrated. There's an article up right now on fantasypros.com. Mm -hmm. Most overrated player from each team. I know brother, where you're going. Brother, you picked Deshaun Watson. If that's the case, if he's overrated, we are host. <sighs> it is bad news. So I pray that you're wrong. It, it, and see, here's the thing. When you're going through all these rosters, so again, Cleveland fans, don't, don't, don't come don't at me. Hate. Please, don't please hate. don't destroy my mentions and flame me the entire day. But when you're picking through these rosters, it's like, if Deshaun Watson does not bounce back this year, then yes, he will be massively overrated. Yep. And right now, like, while I do have some faith that he can bounce back, if you look at any of the numbers last year, none of it paints a rosy picture. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you dissect this, None of those numbers paint a rosy picture. Now, does that mean that Deshaun Watson is going to be that same player that we saw last year? Probably not. But right now, as we sit right now in May at the precipice of June, yeah. it's hard to definitively say that Deshaun Watson will, in fact, bounce back and be that quarterback that we saw in Houston, that we saw put up MVP type of numbers, numbers that put an entire team on his back. Like, while I have faith in that, Nick Chubb is not overrated. Amari Cooper is anything but overrated. He is underrated. And then you kind of go through the rest of this roster, and it's like, well, who are you going to pick out and sit there and, and, you know, and call them possibly overrated? There's a case to be made for Deshaun Watson, and while I think he can bounce back this year, it's still a coin flip. Like, I don't think that's a definitive at all. We're still going to kind of, like, we're still prognosticating that he possibly can get back there, but it's still up in the air. Yeah. Derek, you're not wrong. Like, it's based on hope and it's based on situation mm -hmm. and circumstance. Everything, like I said, everything's laid out for him to succeed. The offense has now been tailored to him. And that's why for him and Stefanski specifically, there's no excuses. You got the upgrades at wide receiver. You still got one of the best offensive lines. You still have Nick Chubb there. You got a tight end in David and Joker that can make plays. Everything is lined up, but we haven't seen it. So until we do... Yeah, there's lots of question marks, but does that mean potentially, depending on how you go through your fantasy drafts, that there is a potential because, boy, if he does get back, you could be looking at a top five fantasy quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. Where do you see Deshaun Watson? Where should people be targeting Deshaun Watson in fantasy drafts if they want to go that route? I'm, I'm assuming you can wait a little bit later to go get him. Oh, you can wait a little bit later. And I think a lot of this comes down to like, if you're playing single quarterback formats, he's one of the, the if you're going to take the ceiling type of shot for Deshaun Watson, I think in a lot of different drafts, you're probably going to have to go after him. Just looking at where I have him in my overall ranks, he's probably going to go off the board somewhere between like quarterback nine to quarterback 12, which means if you're going to go after Deshaun, you're probably going to have to swing for him somewhere somewhere around the sixth, seventh round. I'll be guessing the seventh round of drafts um, okay. just off the top of my head. I mean, and really, that's not, not bad. a bad spot. If you're going to swing for the upside for a quarterback, that's really where the spot where you start looking at that seventh, eighth round. You know, looking at a guy that can access that top three, top five type of ceiling, which if that still is there, Got the he legs. could be one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best values in fantasy this year. You know, I'm a little bit more tepid on that possibly coming back considering what we saw last year. And mm. you're absolutely right. If this, and again, I talked about this coaching staff being on the hot seat. If they want to keep their jobs, considering the contracts they handed out and what they've done with this roster, they have to design an offense. Stefanski needs to get out of his, okay, I want to sit here and be, the pseudo Kyle Shanahan of the Midwest. Yeah. I want to sit there yeah. and run the damn ball. They have to get out of these types of things and say the priority this year, if I want to keep my job is to design an offense that is catered to what Deshaun Watson is good at and what he feels mm-hmm. comfortable at. And if you're not going to do that, you might as well just start packing your bags and just inherently just buy the picture frame for the pink slip right now. That's it. Get out. And Deshaun Watson has said as much through the offseason. He said to Browns fans, you're going to be seeing an offense that you haven't seen before. Because Stefanski, yep. you said, run the ball, three tight ends out there. And a part yep. of that was, you know, I'm, I'm as big of a, a Baker Mayfield apologist as anybody. But oh, you need, you know, I love Bake. But you, you needed that sort of support system. With Deshaun, we're going to be seeing Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, DPJ Tillman out on the field and Joku. So with saying that then where does an Amari Cooper fit in your fantasy football rankings? Cause to me, I think he's WR two with WR one upside. Yep. Um, he should be the go-to, but again, there's a lot of mouths to feed and someone too, Derek, that keeps coming back to me and I want to draft him somewhere. I don't know if I'll end up using him as a flex WR three, maybe keeping him on the bench. But I think I'm getting hooked, man, because the more I see of Elijah Moore, ooh, mm. ooh, I want some Elijah Moore in my life. I really do. I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Amari Cooper is a wide receiver, too, that has wide receiver one upside. Mm. And the thing that tanked the season last year was exactly what we've been talking about is Deshaun Watson. Prior mm. to that, and, and again, this should give people hope about what they saw out of this offense with Jacoby Brissett in it last year. With Jacoby Brissett, this offense was clicking. And, and, and am I going to tell you that it was one of the best in the league? No. Was it above average? Absolutely. And could we see an either further step this year with Deshaun Watson if he bounces back? Absolutely. Amari Cooper showed us a different side of his game that we have not seen previously in the NFL. And that was one of my biggest questions about him going to Cleveland is that you can talk about like one side of the coin and say, look, he can be a high-end target earner and be an alpha and center and garner this massive target share. But then you look over the entirety of Amari Cooper's career, and that's just not who he's ever been. 
Well, he showed us that he can be that type of guy last year in Cleveland. So I, I perfectly, I mean, I've got him as my wide receiver 21 right now. Okay. He's actually right ahead of DeAndre Hopkins because I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to fall in the same type of bucket mm-hmm. regardless of probably wherever he lands. Now, if he lands in Cleveland, maybe that bumps DeAndre a little bit lower because I think at this stage of their careers, I think Amari would still be the number one. DeAndre would be the number two. Um, just because if you look at some of the metrics with DeAndre, his ability to, to separate and, and to, to get loose versus man coverage has declined a little bit. He could still separate and, and beat zone coverage as against uh, all of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. So I like Amari Cooper. I'm a little more tepid on Elijah Moore just because I I think that a team like the Jets and the draft capital that they they put into Elijah Moore, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've posed this question a few different times on Twitter and, and various shows, and I'm like, when was the last time we saw a team invest second round draft capital mm-hmm. and wide receiver and then jettison him out into the ether to another team. And that said wide receiver bounces back on second team. That's, that's, that's the worry. And again, that's the downside case yeah. for Elijah Moore. I'm not saying that the talent is not still there, but we also have to ingest that what happened in New York as another data point into looking at how his career could project what his career arc looks like from this point moving forward. So I think for Elijah Moore, a will say this, a, a successful season for Elijah Moore, a bounce-back season for Elijah Moore. I think where Cleveland could walk away from this and being like, you know what? What we traded for and what we, the production we got out of Elijah Moore, we should be happy with this, is probably a little bit lower than most Browns fans wants to want to hear out of my mouth right now. Like if you got 850 and say five to six touchdowns out of Elijah Moore this year, I would consider that a promising bounce back season for Elijah Moore. Yeah. Now, is that going to tickle the fancy of anybody in fantasy? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Have him? Probably not. Maybe but a flex player. option or a wide receiver three on week. weeks. Yes. That's where I think the bucket that he's going to fall in for me as a late round option that can give you some spike weeks if this offense hits. Yeah. But do I look at him as a must draft type of guy? No. Is he going to fall in certain drafts and I'm willing to press the button there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that goes back to the questions and the unknown because Deshaun Watson has to bounce back. This offense, which again yeah. is new to these receivers that we haven't seen. This, these are all projections. This isn't like an established you know, team where you've seen the same offense for five years and, and you know. So there's lots of question marks. What I do like about Moore, he's got biggest chip on his shoulder, still on a rookie deal, and it needs to work towards get that next big deal. So potential there. Oh, yeah. Now, Nick Chubb, okay? And then we'll move on to some big uh, some big picture ones. Um, Nick Chubb, we talked about them getting away from a run first. What does this mean? Because in fantasy, we know there are so few bell, you know, those quote bell cow backs or those just true ones. You now have Kareem Hunt gone. Jerome Ford is behind him. When they hand off the ball, it's going to go to Nick Chubb. This might not be as bad of news to fantasy owners as people might think because maybe it keeps Chubb a bit fresher. And maybe with Deshaun Watson and that mobility, you won't have as many stack boxes against him as you might have had before. I think Nick Chubb, I mean, look, I've got him as my RB10 right now. I think he's still going to sit and return RB1 type of production. Uh, my colleague Andrew Erickson is much higher in Nick Chubb. I think he has him as RB3 overall right now. Hmm. And 
I love Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb, the talent. I love, I think, again, and this is not going to shock anybody, and it, it always gets tossed around, but it's true that he is one of the best pure rushers in the NFL. Yep. I know that yep. gets tossed around a ton, but it's true. It's said a lot because it is true. Nick Chubb is still one of those guys at the top of the heap. If you look at any of his efficiency metrics from last year, none of that dropped off. I think he still has another year, maybe two, of prime Nick Chubb type of production. And so for me, I think he's going to be firmly in the RB1 camp. I'm not as high as other people in the industry and putting him and saying he could be the top five back because as much as we want to say, okay, Kareem Hunt is gone, Nick Chubb picks up extra workload. Personally, I don't even want that for Nick Chubb. I don't think the Browns want that for Nick Chubb. Like he's getting a little bit older. These the the previous injury concerns or the worries when he entered the league are still kind of in the back uh, back recess of the mind, or they should be. Missing you a know? couple games each year, yeah. I mean, as the carries pile up, as he progresses through his NFL career, injury concerns, all those kind of things don't go away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he. I mean, just like you talked about, he has been dinged up in previous seasons. So I think while. Some people are forecasting Nick Chubb to take over even more of this backfield. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the team said, look, Kareem Hunt has lost a step, which he did. Kareem Hunt was bad last year. They did not need to bring Kareem Hunt back. But I think you're going to see Jerome Ford step into, I'm not saying the exact same role that Kareem Hunt played, but I think he is going to be a breather back for this Cleveland roster. And I like Jerome Ford. I liked him as a prospect coming out. I saw him at Senior Bowl that year when he came out. I was actually surprised he slipped as far as he did in the NFL draft. He tested well. He has prototypical size to to handle volume and stuff. So he's a guy that I think that you can give him five to five to eight carries a game. Keep Chubb fresh. Keep those those touch totals in, are you know in somewhere in the vicinity of eighteen to twenty two touches per game. And Nick Chubb is still going to be Nick Chubb. Nick yep. Chubb is still going to be really damn good. He's probably going to garner most of the red zone work, which that gives him double-digit touchdown upside. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be absolutely what Nick Chubb has been over pretty much the entirety of his career. I just don't see this massive ceiling where Nick Chubb becomes this bell cow in their offense, right. starts catching passes and all that types of things. The, the Browns have shown us, and Stefanski has shown us to this point, even last year when Kareem Hunt was terrible, that they just don't want to put that type of workload on Chubb. And Chubb got over 300 carries last year. Let's not talk about this like yes. he only walked away with 225. Like, he got 300-plus carries. It just never like, seemed like that, which is weird. to run this guy into the ground. Yeah. Don't. Is Nick Chubb a first-round fantasy draft pick? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999.
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm going to say no because I think the wide receiver talent in fantasy pushes him into the second round. But do I have any qualms about taking Nick Chubb at the top of the second round? Hell no. Right. Or at the turn 12 and whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. In conversation with Derek Brown on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB from Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros NFL does some great work there. All right, Derek, a couple more for you. Now, we talked about first round pick. This is, and on Fantasy Pros right now, uh, I'm, I'm using the PPR, but uh, uh, mm-hmm. standpoint now. I honestly cannot remember, one, the last time where a wide receiver was the consensus, as of right now, first overall pick. Never mind the top two picks being one and two, <laughs> both wide receivers. Like, Derek, I'm trying to rack my brain. Maybe there's something more recent. I just can't think of any time where it was, one, Justin Jefferson, to Jamar Chase, and we're t- and even with Christian McCaffrey at three, we know when he's on, that dude is unstoppable, but let's mm-hmm. not forget, uh, what, not last year, but the year before and the year before, horrible injuries. So uh, wh- where are you at with, with this whole new world of, let's take wide receivers, <laughs> number one? I'm diving headfirst into it. I-, I think that that is the way, and the NFL is trying to tell us that that is the way, because you're seeing not only a shift to uh, – I mean, pretty much we used to talk about uh, all these workhorse backs, bell cow backs in the NFL, and now that is slowly a dying breed. You do not see that in the entirety of the NFL. You can name true bell cow backs on basically one hand. Yeah, yeah. And outside of that, it's nothing but committees. And I don't think that's going away. You're talking about the, the NFL just added another game to their schedule. They still have the preseason. They have the 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 postseason. Whether they add any more games in the future remains to be determined. I don't know if that's going to ha- happen because the NFLPA will probably be like, uh, <laughs> no, not unless you give us a second bye week. But right. this is all to say that wide receivers are the way in fantasy right now. They are some of is whether you want to look at this from a health standpoint, whether you want to look at this from a production or a dependability standpoint. I mean, Literally, you can go through a laundry list of injuries and running backs missing time and what have you every single year. Now, some years more than others, but wide receivers, the injuries are usually less. We know who the top guys are that are going to garner these massive target shares that we want and we care and we garner in fantasy. So, yeah, I mean, for me, you're looking at honestly how I have my overall ranks composed. You're not going to find a running back on my overall list until the fifth overall pick. And it's not even CMC. Like I will take Jamar chase. I will take Justin Jefferson. I will take Travis Kelsey. I will even take Cooper cup over any running back in the NFL right now, because they are bankable assets and they're all going to sit here and possibly offer you the same type of league winning upside that these running backs can offer you as well. And people might look at my overall ranks and they're saying, how in the absolute hell do you have Jamar Chase at number one over Justin Jefferson, considering what we saw from Jefferson last year? And the only thing I'll push back with that, and he is my number one overall is Jamar Chase, is that what we saw at a chase after he returned from injury and what we had seen previously out of this Bengals passing attack was a very much 1A, 1B type of compliment situation with both him and T. Higgins. Like, basically, they're fighting for the number one alpha role. Right. That didn't happen. After Jamar Chase returned from injury, this dude took over the passing game and said, I am the alpha. 
I am the number one. I am that dude. Like basically from week 13 on, he went on a blistering pace. If you were to pace this out for Jamar Chase throughout the entire season, and I usually don't go this route, but I want to understand, want people to understand the type of upside because they look at Jefferson versus Chase and they say, like, I like Chase, but there's mm-hmm. no way that he can equal those types of numbers. If you were to look at what Jamar Chase did at, across his final five games of the season, he would have paced out for the entirety of the season. We're talking about a third of, the, a, third of a season of a sample we have here that over a full season would have been 204 targets, 136 receptions and 1400, almost 1500 receiving yards. Wow. That amount of volume is insane. And when we know that he is tied to Joe Burrow, which nobody in the right mind is going to tell anybody on the face of this planet that Kirk cousins is a better NFL quarterback than Joe Burrow. You're telling me that Jamar chase did that in his second season and basically put his stamp on this passing attack and said, I am that dude. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase because the volatility that we see year after year and the the parity that we see in the NFL, projecting last year's NFL results into the next season is a fool's errand nine times out of ten because things change, situations change, injuries happen. All those types of things – and this is the volatility and and really the chaos that we embrace in, as both NFL fans and fantasy fans. Yeah, I'm going to embrace the volatility and say, can Jamar Chase be that type of alpha wide receiver for an entirety of a season? He absolutely can. Tied to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, that's the bet I'll make at first overall. That's a hell of a stack, too. If you can swing back, you take Chase one, swing back a little bit later, maybe around five or you know, maybe I don't know four or five, and get uh, get yourself Joey Burrow and mix it in. Yep, that's a hell mm-hmm. of a stack. But also, too, you look at Justin Jefferson. It's not a wrong pick to take him first overall because you look at the competition. Whereas Chase mm-hmm. is true, and I'm with you, definitely the the one. But you do have T Higgins, you do have Tyler Boyd in Minnesota. All right, you got what rookie Jordan Addison, who I like dynasty wise. I think that's a nice kind of fill in. You know, as we go. Other than that, what do you got? Osborne, like there's. You know, there's not not that much. So that's a nice one, too. Um, mm-hmm. Does Cooper Cup, boy, and I look, we know Cooper Cup puts up ridiculous, like video game on easy mm-hmm. mode stats. But he has gone through. We bring up that injury word again. At this stage in his career, late 20s, are we concerned about that? How, how much should that concern us? I'm not that concerned. And like I said, I have him at fourth overall right now. So I think that he bounces back. I think that, the concerns about the Rams are justified because Stafford, I mean, look, he's not exactly the picture of health. So not only are you embracing risk with Cooper Cup's um, health, you're also, you're tied to Matthew Stafford. And for Cup to sit there and hit that type of ridiculous ceiling that we've seen over the last two years when he's been on the field, he also needs Stafford to stay healthy. So yes, it is a lot of hoping and praying that they can somehow Keep Matthew Stafford upright. Keep him healthy. Keep Cooper Cup healthy. But the other side of this coin is Cooper Cup's not old enough to where I think that he's going to be over the hill. We just saw it last year inside of what honestly was a flaming dumpster fire of of a team at the Rams. If the offense can bounce back and Stafford can stay healthy, I think Cup is going to be perfectly fine. And this team is going to throw one massive crap ton this year. Their defense is God 
awful. It is horrible. Yes. So this team is going to be throwing. So I have no worries or qualms about Cooper Cup. As long as he's healthy and Stafford is somewhat healthy, Cooper Cup is still firmly in the conversation to possibly lead the NFL in targets this year. So I'm willing to risk and embrace the risk of Cooper Cup. If others aren't, I understand it, but it is a button that I'm willing to push. Boy, that backup drop-off is steep. Brett Rippin, Stetson Bennett, and I'll be honest, I I don't know who Dresser Wynn is. I don't know who that is. Uh, I I don't know, but he's number four. (laughs) This gets uh, gets ugly very quick, but you're right. They're going to be down. They're going to be throwing the football, so I like that. All right, one more for you. Running back. We talk about CMC. Is he bona fide, definitely your first running back up? Because we could make a case, and we know if there's any position that can be fantasy relevant, Right off the bat, as a rookie, it's running back. What about some Bijan Robinson? What about some Jameer Gibbs in Detroit? So CMC is not my one running back one overall. And Twitter did not like me projecting this to the masses. <laughs> and YouTube flamed me in the comments over at the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel uh, the other day because they 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 frame it around. I'm just trying to be clickbaity. I'm just doing all this. If you look back over the last 12 to 15 years at the running back position in fantasy, again, we're talking about volatility. The last running back to repeat as the RB1 overall in back-to-back seasons was Todd Gurley. Outside of that, it has not happened, does not happen. And that is because of the volatility at that position. So... And the other thing that I think that people are, are quietly burying because they just want to, they want to ostrich, they want to stick their head in the sand and say, yes, CMC, he makes me feel happy and lovely. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. And fun. I get it. But we also need to understand that when CMC went to San Francisco and we had Elijah Mitchell in this backfield last year, CMC wasn't destroying fools and saying, I am the RB1 overall. Yep. He actually had less of a red zone rushing share than Elijah Mitchell in the games where Elijah Mitchell was active. Mitchell actually had more of the red zone rushing than actually CMC did. Now he kept the targets there, but losing that touchdown equity hurt losing the rushing volume that put him from really damn good to great hurt. We saw his points per game fall to a level to where if you were to compare that against full season numbers, he would have been the RB6, not a top two option last year. So I have CMC as my RB5 right now, which is going to lead people to not draft hardly any CMC. And I'm fine with that because here's the thing. If you want to take your swings for CMC again, that's fine. You go ahead. You do you, boo-boo. I'm fine with that. But for me... I'm going to embrace the volatility that we see year after year after year in the NFL and in fantasy. And the guy that I'm willing to push my chips to the middle and say, this is difference making talent. This is a guy that can win you your league is Tony Pollard. He is my RB one in fantasy right now. Wow. Tony Pollard has shown us over multiple seasons. He is one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. And all we saw Out of Tony Pollard last year, he got 50% of the work and he was the RB8 in fantasy. And where does he sit in this year's ranks for everybody? He's the consensus RB8. So the consensus is saying Zeke is left. They made additions to the offensive line. Mm -hmm. But Tony Pollard's not going to take a step forward. Tony Pollard's going to be the same guy he was last year. I'm sorry, but can we common sense that a little bit and say, 
Huh? <laughs> I don't get that. Especially like Derek, look behind him. No one's scaring you. Malik, Malik Davis. Davis. Nope. Ronald Jones. Dowdle. Nope. We, Ronald we, Jones. We nope. Ronald Jones never does anything. And uh, Deuce Vaughn. Cool name. Come on. Like the player, like the story. Yeah. I think he's going to be a, a good NFL player and good for what he does for that team. Do I worry about him taking work away from Tony Pollard? Hell no. Not this year. First RB1, that's I that's that spicy. People call I me think- crazy until it happens, man. I'm telling you. People call it me makes sense. Call me insane last year for saying Jalen Hurts could go to the Super Bowl and he could be an MVP candidate. I, I was called Jalen. insane at that time of last year. Yeah. Now it's common knowledge because we've done seen it. We've seen it happen. That's so right. I'm, I'm fine with being called insane at this juncture of the offseason. That's fine. But when these things come to fruition, it's okay. Y'all can come back. Y'all can say hi. That, say hello. Me, thank you. That's okay. right. I'm with you on Jalen Hurts. I was calling that last year, too, and got the same thing. What? No, no, no. Real deal. Derek, you're the real deal, brother. Tell people where they can find you, read you, yell at you, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yelling at me is, is lots of avenues to do that. Uh, you can find my work all at Fantasy Pros. Find me on the Twitter streets at dbro underscore FFB. I'm there constantly. Um, and really all the things in YouTube. But we just dropped uh, our latest episode of the podcast. And on YouTube right now, we had Jake Seeley on from The Athletic oh, talking uh, through our top 15 bold takes for this season. I suggest everybody go check that out because, mm-hmm. look, these are guys that we are all high on. A lot of them are getting shade right now in fantasy, and they're going to be good values for this year. So go check it out. I like it. All right, brother. Thank you. Let's do this again soon. That was great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. All right. There he goes. Derek Brown on Twitter at dbro underscore FFB from Fantasy Pros. What do you Tony Pollard. First running back off the board in fantasy. What do you think? Hit me up in the comments section below. What do you think with Tony Pollard? Look, the way Derek laid that out, it makes a lot of sense, right? Not the sexiest name, but it makes a lot of sense. So that could be something we know if CMC's on, he's, he's red hot, but you work in, like he said, the Elijah Mitchell part. Um, the only thing that hiccups me a little bit with B. John Robinson, I love the town. I want him to be the guy, but am I going to trust that Atlanta offensive line? Am I going to trust Desmond Ritter who I like overall, but that's a bit too much. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, I, I keep coming back to Jameer Gibbs. And he might be my he might be my first fantasy running back that I take. Just based on how that offense is formulated. Now I know, I know you got David Montgomery lurking, and that could be a problem. But he's right up there as well. Um, that Tony Pollard take, very interesting. Very interesting. Who would you take first overall? I'm Justin Jefferson. I hear him on Jamar Chase. The, the injury bit's a little bit concerning, you know, but could happen to anybody, right? And I get that, but Justin Jefferson is the true alpha there in um, Minnesota, whereas in Cincinnati, although Jamar does get so much of the target share, you still do have T. Higgins, you still do have Tyler Boyd working that. But the Bengals throw quite a bit. Um, I would take Justin Jefferson. Who would you take first overall in your fantasy football draft? Leave the message there. Also, who would you bet on? For DeAndre Hopkins to go to next as in the NFL. Like we said, below uh, Bet Rivers, Bet365, you can sign up. Go through that link and you get the special sign-up codes and, and special sign-up bonuses, which are great. And you can bet on that and anything else. Um, but where do you think? Buffalo Bills leader in the clubhouse. You paired him with Stefan Diggs, gave Davis to the three spot. I like that. 
Kansas City Chiefs doesn't look like the salary cap situation is going to lend itself unless you do some rejigging. That makes a lot of sense because of Travis Kelsey, and then you kind of have that hodgepodge at wide receiver. After that, the Ravens, I think you get you, you got OBJ Diva. You want another big Diva? I would love him to go to the Ravens because I think he would do nothing because of Lamar Jackson. Jets afterwards make sense. Um, again, you got a lot of bodies there. You know, where does he fit with Garrett Wilson? Patriots don't throw the ball enough charges. I like to at plus 1,000 Jags. I don't see it. Detroit Lions, that would be fun, plus 1,200. And again, the Browns plus 2,000. Cowboys plus 2,500. So you can get some really good rates depending where you think that he's going to go. So outside of that, for DeAndre Hawkins to the Browns, and I want to get your messages here, put out a YouTube short earlier in the week. Uh, we're going to be putting out more of those to so keep track of those where I said, look, with Hopkins getting injured, missing time with suspension, whatever, being and it's going to be 31 top wide receivers. You don't pay 20 million bucks to 15 to 20. That's what he's going to be expecting at 31. You, the history tells you not to do it as a guy who's not going to be your number one. I don't think it's worth it. That's me. Now, if he ends up in the Browns, okay. You know, I'm not going to be mad about it. You get the guy, DeAndre Hopkins, when he's on the field, might've lost a bit of a step, but can still be, but he's still, he's too similar to Amari Cooper in that they're not burners. They're route guys, great hands can never have enough good hands, but you want that bit of a mix. I, I just think it might be a little bit too much in that I'd rather spend the money on a swing offensive tackle, not sexy at all, but the Browns need a veteran offensive tackle swing guy, like a Chris Hubbard. Who's gone. Okay. You need that depth. You got some rookies. You got, I don't want to put Dewan Jones out there right now. You need a swing offensive tackle. That's where I would go and try to spend some money with. Also, Maurice Hurst, who's that real wild card, all the injuries and all that, and uh, coming over, used to be at the Raiders. He's getting some good notes out of camp. And that's one of those no-risk signings that Andrew Barry made at defensive tackle. That if he hits, we could be like, whoa, that's a bonus. And if he doesn't, you've backlayered yourself enough to not have to rely on somebody like that. Very interesting. All right. Well, thank you very much to Derek Brown, to Sammy and the crew. Look, we're getting closer to the end of OTAs to summer breaks. We're under 100 days until the NFL season, folks. Subscribe. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, on Instagram at AndyMCSports. And we will see you next time right here on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.